Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, where each week we talk three topics from the world of rugby league. I'm Michael Carboni, and back with me this week, Charlie Monty. How's it going, mate? Mate, very, very good, and uh, we'll have another voice with us here in the mobile studio this week. Jake Watson, how you going, buddy? Good, mate. I'm excited to be part of the second episode. Mate, the... we're, we're excited to have you too. It's not that every day we get to sit down in the mobile studio with an ex-American uh, rugby league player, ex-Washington DC Slayers halfback, and also ex-Greek Oztag uh, player. <laughs> mate, tell me... Whose passport did you steal? Because you're not Greek. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, actually, my mum's last name is Sounds Greek. Greek. Okay, understood. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about the only part of me. <laughs> I once ate Greek food. Can I... Uh... <laughs> I could probably get you a start. Jake, welcome to the podcast, mate. Jake's one of the co-founders of the show. Uh, he wasn't with us last week, um, but good to have you here today, mate. Looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts. I want to open the show. We've got three topics today, as we did last week, but I just want to say a big apology to Wales. I wrote them off last week. Yeah, you really I, did mate, write Wales off last y- week. You did as well, but let's not, <laughs> let's not worry about that. Absolutely wrote them off. Said that Ireland were shoe-ins to walk into this World Cup with France. Uh, Wales beat them 40-8. to eight. Absolutely killed them. Wales, I'm sorry. Um, you're still not following our Instagram play- page. I don't blame you. Uh, I wouldn't be following us either after the shit that I said about you last week. <laughs> I think it's only fair that because you're so harsh to Wales, possibly we make a deal with them that if they follow you, us... So on the our country Instagram or the rugby page, league side? <laughs> Just if, to clarify, the rugby league side. If they like us on Instagram for the next episode, Yep. You owe them to close off the show, you singing their victory song. But why, 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 Delilah? Yes, that has to happen. Wales, please. Wait, follow. Tom Jones, why, 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 Delilah? Yes. I'll sing it right now. I don't need Wales to follow us. No, but I understand what we're doing. We need to build our following. So, yep, I will do it. If uh, the Wales Rugby League official Instagram page follows us, I'll. We'll, we'll all sing it next week. How, how's that sound? Cards yep. will definitely sing it <laughs> next week. Why, 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 Delilah, Wales, give us a follow at Chasing Kangaroos Podcast. All right. Well, we've got plenty of other results to talk about. We might leave that till the end. We've got three awesome topics. Let's get stuck right in, boys. Topic number one. So earlier this week, the Rugby League International Federation, they announced an eight-year rolling schedule. Um, we've got the Oceania Cup. 2019, 2020, 2022. That's going to see Australia, New Zealand, and Tonga in a tri series. It's also going to see Papua New Guinea, Fiji, and Samoa in a tri series. So that means lots of hakas, lots of sippy towels, and lots of Fijian prayers, which I think we love very much. Um, we're going to see a Nines World Cup next year in Australia. Uh, speaking of World Cups, World Cup 2021 in England, a little bit of talk about that, and they've also penciled in 2025 for North America, which we we thought was happening, but seems to be uh, have a little bit more legs now. Uh, Lions Tour, we spoke plenty about last week, uh, so we won't cover that too much here, and Kangaroo Tour in 2020. Boys, Charlie, what do you like? What do you hate? What aren't you sure about? All right, well, what do I like? I'll start off with a positive. What do I like? Um, more games, more international footy. This is good. Yep. Um particularly in the Southern Hemisphere, but I'll come to that in a second. Um, the Oceania Cup, to me, just seems like such a no-brainer. In fact, I don't know why we haven't already done it before. It's probably because it's only now that we really have a, a viable third Pacific nation to yeah, play Tong- in a tri series. Tonga like have that. really brought, brought it to life. But, yeah. but it's brilliant. And, you know, uh, and having uh, 
Samoa, Fiji and PNG in a tri-series together at the same time just makes perfect sense. So that is that is brilliant. Can't I'm, fault that. I'm looking forward to 10, 15, 20 years time when it's all six of these guys on equal footing fighting it out um, yeah, in that's between be ball cups. Like, that, oh, it's gonna be, uh, that's got to be the end game. That's got to be what we're working towards. But speaking of working towards, what are we working towards with Europe? I mean, for me, that's the big disappointment of this schedule um, we touched last week on the Lions tour and why that's an incredible waste. I don't think we need to go into that anymore because I think we, we covered it at length last week. But um, under this schedule, Europe is a real concern. Um, to me, it just... Well, they haven't, they haven't really scheduled anything for Europe. There is no well, schedule. That's the thing. There is no, exactly right. There is no schedule. I mean, how do you have England go from being 2017 World Cup finalists and absolutely dominating New Zealand in a series this year to not playing at all as a national side for two years. Because that's, that's effectively yeah. what it'll be. They won't play for two years. They're not playing at all in 2019. Um, well, hopefully they do get a mid-season test, probably against New Zealand, um, like they did this year, uh, next year. But you're right, they're fending for themselves. You've also got France, Wales, who, you know, just coming off the back of qualifying for the World Cup, potentially not doing very much next year either. What are they doing until the World Cup? Exactly. Like they've qualified, but who are they playing next? Yeah, they, they, it's it seems a little unfair. Um, I, I think we've it's great it's great that we've got what we've got, but yeah, you're right. We should be um should be giving more of a leg up to Europe as well because um the divide between southern and northern hemisphere is just going to get greater and greater if we don't do something soon. Yeah, France, Wales, and England in particular need to be playing regularly, and my great concern is looking at that schedule i see the way forward for the pacific nations i just don't know what the plan is um in europe um, but I, I guess look they i think we've seen what tonga have done in such a short space of time um they've really turned you know th- they've really given life to pod- a podcast like ours like no one yeah. was talking international rugby league and then all of a sudden, Tonga came onto the scene, and all of a sudden, it's something people want to talk about. So thank um, you, Jason. Tumbler. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Tumbler, <I forget. laughs> but but I'm sure, like I'm sure the NRL or the the uh, federation as well. Like I'm, I say NRL because they're putting a lot of emphasis on the Polynesian nations. They know that Fiji, Samoa, and Papua New Guinea um, can elevate to that next level with a little bit of love. Yeah, so France and Wales probably don't have the quality players of. Tamalolo and Fafita. Definitely to help them. Definitely out. not yet, but you know, we said last week France probably have some potential. Um, but yeah, they, they it won't be as easy, I don't think. So you can kind of understand that. Jake, um, what are you liking about it, mate? What was your favourite part of, of the announcements? I'm excited about the nines. I'm not sure that it does a lot for the international game, but I think it'll be exciting to watch. I mean, imagine watching players like Valentine Holmes, Adokar. Uh, Roger Tuivasa, Chef, Caelan Ponga, Caelan Ponga, running around and against nine players. I think it's very exciting. Well, hopefully we'll get we might get a chance to to watch it if it's at uh, the Western Sydney Stadium well, at that's, Parramatta. That's where they've penciled it in. I think it's a good move. First up, I mean, I think it'll get a sellout crowd definitely. Jake, is this uh, is this a compromise? So the clubs they don't want they didn't want club nines or Auckland nines anymore. Is international nines a compromise because it's a great brand of rugby league? It's an opportunity for some smaller nations to, to I guess, stand a chance. I mean, you could see maybe a Fiji, you know, put up put up a fight against Australia in the nines format, maybe. 
Um, is it is it worthwhile? Or does it mean the death of the club nines? I think it depends on what sort of quality of players get involved. I mean, if the players pull out, as they did with the club nines, I yep. think we could see the same problem. And look, it'll yep. be interesting to see if this is a jumping off point for the rugby league equivalent of sevens rugby, where it's effectively a breakaway from the main code, and we see. Um, players as being nines specialists. Um, and you've got teams like USA and stuff winning competitions. That's right. And who, who, with all due respect, obviously wouldn't in the 15-a-side uh, game. So, yeah, it's a good um, point. I want to know what the plan is with it. I mean, I think, I think it'll be great to watch, as you've said. The details on it at the moment are a little bit sketchy. Um, but, uh, you know, what I would like to know is what's the long-term plan with this short form of the game, are we going to use it as a, a vehicle for growth? Yeah. Or is it just something to, you know, basically entertain over a weekend? Well, surely it's a product that we shop around to other nations. You know, obviously, uh, we set it up in Sydney. It's a good good place to have it. You can have it in Australia again, if, if you like. But really, we could be playing this in the USA, especially if there's going to be a World Cup over there mm. in 2025. You could be playing it in France or, or England. You could be playing it even in like Japan or Dubai or wherever you want, really. So, look, I'm not saying that's where it will get. We'll probably end up playing it in Brisbane and Perth and Auckland or something like that. But um, I just I do think there's potential, and you know, for the first time around, I think It'll we'll be definitely be watching it. It's going to be exciting. All right, Carbs, new schedule. Tell us what you like, mate. What stood out to you, mate? Uh, the World Cups for me. So, 2021 and 2025. We know it's in England in 2021. Um, 16 team format, four groups of four, Australia in one group, New Zealand in another, Tonga in another, England in another, uh, and two from each group will qualify for the finals. Uh, it's just a much, it's a cleaner way of doing it, it's a better way of doing it. Um, it's a much more logical structure than what we had in the last World Cup, which is, you know, yeah. one team from this group qualifies and, and everybody from the other group qualifies. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be a lot better. Um, I think also, but for me, what excites me the most, 2025, North America, we've heard that it could be there. Um, they've pretty much uh, more than penciled it in. They've written it in with a pen. So what's your gut feel? Is that going to happen, 2025? Yeah, I, I hope it happens in North America. I mean, um, more sports international nearly fucked it up with the Denver test. They still haven't played paid New Zealand and, and England um, for that. So I think a lot of people said it wouldn't be happening anymore because they were the ones that were that were running this thing. But I think if they can get a good team together, maybe Ricky Wilby from from the New York Consortium, they can get some Wolfpack guys involved. They can get Jake, your mate, Spinner. Spinner from Jacksonville. Spinner from Jacksonville. Uh, there's enough passionate rugby league people on the ground um, that, that if we throw some money at them, give them a few years start-up, they could really put something special together. And I think it needs to happen. I'd love to see it happen. Absolutely. All right, boys. Well... Um, there's also a couple of other, other things that were announced. So your Lions Tour, which we've, we spoke a lot about last week, won't go too much more into detail there. Kangaroo Tour in 2020 as well. Um, a lot to like about the next eight year schedule for rugby league and, uh, really good timing for a few guys to put together an international rugby league podcast, (laughs) I guess you would say. Um, so we're excited. Hope you are too. Looking forward to spending the next eight years with you. Boys, topic number two, back to a bit of club-level talk. So the Wolfpack, they've got a new head coach, Brian McDermott, the most successful coach in the modern Super League era. 
Jake, is this the man that can get the Wolfpack into the Super League next year? I think it is. I think it's a great signing for the Toronto Wolfpack. They're getting a coach with plenty of experience under his belt, yep. 12 years as a head coach. That includes an international stint with the USA. He's joining a club and he's already has a build-up a relationship with Brian Noble. We played with him at Bradford Bulls. I believe Brian Noble said um, he had a list of 30 applicants for this position. And as soon as Brian McDermott applied, that was it. There was only one. So that shows the confidence, shows that, the confidence that he has. He has in him. Yep. Um, he's replacing Paul Rowley. I guess that's because he missed back-to-back chances at promotion. Yeah, Jake, well, just on that, I mean, um, I suppose that could probably be considered a failure given that they would have, I would imagine, the strongest squad in the championship. Do you yeah, agree? well, they had a couple of ex-NRL players. I think that should be enough to get them through championship. Maybe not succeed in Super League just yet I with mean, that future squad. immortal Josh McCrone was in their side. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ex-Dragon stuff. Chase Stanley, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I think I think Brian McDermott will bring a few, a, a little bit more talent to the side now as well, especially from Super League, you would think. Um, well, he did win four Super League titles, two yeah. Challenge Cups and a World Club Challenge in his time at Leeds. And he has said that uh, his goal is to win the Super League. Yeah, well, that's what I like about it, boys. He's still so young. So this isn't a coach who's getting towards the end of his career. He's an established coach who's been very, very successful. As you said, Jake, four Super League titles, two Challenge Cups, and he's still, what, 47, 48? So he's got still a lot of... Still very young. Still very young. A lot of coaching uh, left in him. So he's got the opportunity to be the coach, not only that takes them to the Super League, but also builds a dynasty at Toronto. Well, mate, I see it as well as a sign of what the club expect because when they didn't make Super League last year, when they missed out against the London Broncos, everyone said, oh, well, here you go, they're, they're going to disappear. Like, they're done. But they've turned it around. They said they'll be back bigger, better than ever. They've signed a great coach. They're signing new players. Um, and they've, they're showing us now that they're in it for the long haul, that they're going to bring Rugby League to Canada, they're going to make a meal out of this, they're going to make it to Super League, and they want to win this thing. And um, I've loved following them from day one. They're all our second yeah. team. I can't wait till they... Like, they will make the Super League. Uh, it's not a matter of, of if, it's a matter of when, and I can't, I can't bloody you wait. We'll be watching very, very closely. And can I just add, Jake, now just having a, a quick look over your notes, mate, your writing is very, very neat. It's beautiful. <laughs> very nice. Final topic for the evening, topic number three, uh, the North Sydney Bears. They just won't go away. Fox League article earlier this week uh, suggesting that the Bears are confident of being back in the NRL by 2024. I feel like we've heard this before, Charlie. Let's talk. Yeah, so for those who missed it, guys, there was an article on foxsports.com.au earlier in the week where uh, former Manly CEO, now CEO of the Bears, David Perry, has said that he is confident that the Bears will be back in the top flight in 2024, <laughs> and that will come by virtue of a two-tier, 12-team in each tier system whereby uh, promotion and relegation is... Um, is adopted for the first time in the National Rugby League competition. Now, he sounded pretty confident. I've got to say, I haven't heard anyone else talk about this before. Like, Never he, heard it thrown Literally, no it one up. is mentioning promotion and relegation. <laughs> Look, he's dreaming. Dreaming. Absolutely dreaming. Well, I where mean, did this come from? What's the, what's, what's the story? Uh, uh, a dream. That David <laughs> Perry had, apparently, is where it came from. But... Um, look, to think that, to think that, I mean, we haven't had a change to the competition structure other than tweaking with Golden Point or tweaking with the McIntyre system finals series. We haven't had a, a, a major change to the competition structure since the Gold Coast were introduced. I think that was 13 or 14 years ago, it's right? It's been that long. It's been that long. Yeah, that's flame. 
So David Perry seems to think, uh, and he's very confident, that within four years we're going to completely overhaul the competition and have promotion, relegation, and 24 sides. It's completely unrealistic. Um, As it stands at the moment, the clubs are heavily reliant on the NRL grant to make it work. So we've got 16 clubs, and the NRL at this point is pretty much funding the player wage bill because the grant is there or thereabouts the salary cap, guys. So just off the top of your heads, of the 16 clubs we've got at the moment, how many do you reckon turn a profit? (laughs) Two or three. I was going to say two or three, but uh, I'm going to say one because you prepped me earlier and I don't want to say I told you before it was one. one. But before I told you it was one, you didn't know it was one. Yeah, no, I thought it was two or three. three. So we've got got the... And that's the Broncos. We've got the Broncos who turn a profit every year and that's about it. Everyone else loses money or breaks even. And of those that break even, uh, it's by virtue of a of a you know private benefactor who's tipping in a lot of cash to keep the club afloat. Now, sixteen teams can't make it work with what are effectively perpetual licenses. So each one of those sixteen NRL clubs knows that for the duration of the broadcast deal, yep. they're in first grade. Yep. They're playing first grade rugby league. And even with that guarantee, they still can't really make it work. To think that all of a sudden um, we're going to be able to support and fund 24 sides is complete fantasy. It it won't work, and I think we can all agree, the two-tier, the promotion relegation system, it sounds beautiful. I mean, it works well in in the Premier League, it works well over in the Super League. It's not going to work here. I don't think there's enough talent, personally, to go around to 24 teams. Not enough talent, not not a big enough population, not enough money, not not enough support. People don't care. Like, don't don't forget, North Sydney do exist. They play in the New South Wales Cup. They they are in they are in the second division uh, at the moment as it stands, and no one cares about them now. So I don't see this. I don't see it working. Um, I do have to give credit to the Bears though. They won't give up. Um, they stick their head up wherever there's a chance. Central Coast, North Sydney, uh, Gold Coast, Perth, wherever there's a shot, the Bears are there trying to get back into the NRL. Um, look, but do you think that hurts them more than it benefits them? Because uh, personally, I'm quite sick of hearing it. Well, you can't, it, they lose a little bit of credibility, and like you say, Charlie, I think you've got some strong thoughts on this as well. Like, yeah, look, I, look, I, I actually um, do have a soft spot for the Bears. I'm uh, very nostalgic about them. I've got fond memories as a kid of going to watch the Dragons play at North Sydney Oval, um, and you know, against the, the Bears, against the Bears, the Bears is a great brand, um, but. It's getting to a point now that I think the Bears might be starting to run out of goodwill a little bit. Yeah, Because there's been a lot of talk from the Bears. And, you know, it's normally um, stuff that's not necessarily grounded in reality, like having a 24-team, (laughs) two-tier NRL system. (laughs) So if I had any advice for for David Perry, um, it would be, you know, uh, just be careful that people... Don't stop paying attention because you come out like with stuff like this. Eventually, everyone's just going to stop listening. I think that's some good advice. Well, guys, that's uh, three topics for this evening. So it's almost time to wrap the show up. I just want to say a big thank you. I can't believe we're uh, we've just recorded our second episode. I think a few people would be surprised that we made it this far. But believe it or not, we've had some great feedback in the last week. I've had a lot of messages of support, people telling us that they've listened to and loved the show, which I'm really really surprised about that that it's getting out there. 
Um, yeah, guys, thanks for all the if I can just jump in. Thank you so much for all the messages. It's been it's actually been a bit overwhelming the um, the reaction to the show. But if I could just ask, um, in addition to the messages, guys, please do us a favor and rate, review, subscribe, follow us on the socials because it really does make a big all difference and things. helps us get the word out there. And it'd be great to hear Cubs sing next week. So if <laughs> yeah. Wales could give us a follow before next episode, we'd appreciate that. Yes, Wales, I apologise again. Uh, congratulations on making it into the World Cup uh, with your defeat over Ireland. Um, boys, a few more results just to wrap up wrap up this episode as well. So New Zealand 34 over England, nil in that final game. Uh, where's this been for New Zealand? What's going on? Well, I don't know how much to read into it. I mean, England were missing a lot of key players. Gareth Widdop was missing both Burgess brothers, Sam Tompkins, and they were also missing their captain, O'Loughlin. So. Yeah, I think they took their foot off the gas a little bit as well, having the series wrapped up. So I don't know that there's a lot we can read into um, about England, but I think it tells us a little bit about the character of New Zealand, that they were able to overcome the fact that they'd lost the series and put in a, a strong performance playing for nothing but pride. France 28 to 10 over Scotland so they finished the Euro Cup undefeated and it's their first Euro Cup victory since 2005 congratulations to the French um in the Americas Cup boys I got to watch these two games so Jamaica they beat Canada 38 to 8 um started off close but Jamaica way too strong uh USA and Chile well USA 62 to nil Chile I think they'll happy just being there but uh US too strong in that one after watching both them games, Cubs, do you think you'll change your tip? Because last week you said <laughs> USA will walk in. Yeah, look, after what I said about Wales, I probably want to reconsider my tips. Um, but I, look, I think... No, no, no chance. <laughs> US, USA by 30. I don't know, mate, because Jamaica were very strong. I mean, they 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 bashed the crap out of Canada. And um, I think they'll just way too fit, way too fast in the end. I did notice Canada had set after set on the Jamaica yeah. line, and Jamaica just kept turning them away. But um... Jamaica do have some Super League talent in their squad. Yeah. Look, look, it's hard to judge. I mean, USA 62-0, but I think their competition um, you know, in Chile was not that strong. Very hard to read. Look, I still think USA will come home. I just think it's going to be tight. And, and if they're making you know mistakes like they did early on against Chile, then I think Jamaica could surprise them. Um, so, yep, I'm I'm going both ways just so I don't get egg in my face next week. <laughs> um, the other result... How many songs can you sing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the other result, too, that I want to talk about, we mentioned the Balkan Super League last week, so Red Star Belgrade, 36, Partisan, 16. Boys, I watched this one as well. Um, I was pretty impressed with the quality. Um, really quick play the balls, some sweeping backline movements, some good offloads, yeah, and what, some what really strong me defense. Was the ass of the right winger, Partizan. <laughs> yeah, part- making well, an appearance. Well, yeah, there, was, there was a brown eye player sent off for a brown eye at the end after a massive brawl as well. <laughs> I don't think we've seen it in rugby league uh, before. Someone being sent off for a brown eye. Never before, never again. What's next for the Balkan Super League? Maybe a little bit of upset. <laughs> Who knows? Definitely <laughs> a big crack in that defensive line. <laughs> Um, I actually don't know who you're talking about. I've been hearing you guys refer to the team as Brownstar all day. <laughs> Boys, another great episode. We'll be back next week. Um, please be sure, everyone, to, to like, share, uh, review, subscribe, all of those good things. Please tell your friends about us if they're interested in, in the game of rugby league. We'd love to get them get them listening. Um, and until next week, fuck you, Nagati. <laughs>